Hello, welcome to Storytellers of STEM. My name is Rachel Villani. Today's storyteller is Susan Caldas. And today what we talk about is geography being included as part of all the STEM categories within Australia. This is something that uh, I am a little bit surprised about because I always thought of geography as part of STEM but I realized while we were having this conversation that I view it in the terms of GIS and things like that, which you know is often used in a lot of STEM fields. So I think the things that we talk about today were really interesting, um, and there's like a big movement within Australia to do this. So it was, and it was cool to hear how the education systems in Australia work, um, seeing as how I'm in the US, and so it was interesting comparison to me. Uh, also, she's a STEM ambassador for 2020, which was cool, and she's participating in Science Meets Parliament, which is this like uh, thing in Australia where they pair a person with a member of parliament, um, which I thought was really clever and would be cool to see here. Without further delays, here's Susan Caldas's episode. Enjoy. So my name, my name's Susan and I um, live in Sydney, um, New South Wales, Australia. Um, I've been a geography teacher and leader of geography education in schools um, for maybe 15 years. And then I stepped out of schools for a little while to lead the development of the Australian Curriculum Geography. And that was a three-year project where um, I was able to work with a team of academics and practising teachers and other sort of uh, people in various curriculum development roles around Australia. And not only did we get to see what geography education looked like around the country, um, we also got to see what geography as a discipline looks like around the country and how it becomes enacted, you know, beyond the school gates. And as part of the curriculum development process, we're um, able to benchmark the curriculum against, um, you know, those we held in high esteem internationally, like the, the British curriculum, the one from Ontario, Singapore, and, and so on. So it was a really good experience that opened my eyes to what else was possible within geography education rather than only teaching it in schools. But I went back to teaching in schools and then realised that for me, I just needed something else. So I had the opportunity to start teaching at a local university. Um, and I started by teaching the geography methodology course, which is all about how to teach teacher education students to, to be a geography teacher. You know, what are the pedagogies that are important? Try and get them to be able to articulate what their understanding of geography is. Um, you know, so when students come along and sort of say, why do we have to do this? Or parents ask you, well, what's so important about this subject? You know, you as the teacher have got a personalised answer to that. And then you use that to start to shape the way in which you teach to bring the subject to life. And then um, after having a taster of that, I decided that I liked it a lot. Uh, so I quit uh, teaching in schools, um, joined the university as a full-time PhD candidate. Um, and I do various amounts of research and teaching work there in their school of education. And um, I also do a lot of work in our professional teacher associations. So at the moment, I'm president of the Geography Teachers Association of New South Wales. And I also sit on the leadership council for the Academic Geography Association as well to try and create a bit of a bridge, you know, between educators and the academics in geography as well. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so I have a rather basic question, I think. <laughs> I don't remember if I took a geography class in school, but I'm also not in Australia. So how is geography currently taught in schools? Hmm, that's a good question. So it's what we call core learning. So everybody will have to do it from the primary years up to year eight, um, which for us is sort of the second year of high school. And then after that, in most states and territories, it becomes an elective up to year 10. Uh, but for a couple of states and territories, uh, New South Wales is one of them. Geography is core learning up to year 10. So we know all students around the country can do geography up to year eight and a portion of students up around the country have to do geography up to year 10, and then it becomes an elective for year 11 and 12. So 
that's one part of our problem um, in the way that geography is taught nationally. We do have a national curriculum, but then there are sort of state and territory, um, you know, adaptations um, of that uh, to suit local context. And then we have this dichotomy where, you know, it's mandatory for a period of time around the country and then other states and territories do it a little bit more. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how it's taught in Australia. And our other part um, that's sort of characteristic, I think, of, of geography teaching in Australia also, is that um, unfortunately, one of our hmm, problems, I suppose, is that we have a large proportion of out of field teachers who are teaching the subject as well. So there's some challenges associated with the teaching of, of geography. Um, here in Australia, um, there's many schools that do geography really well and do phenomenal work, you know, um, but there's also room for improvement. And I think that's where for us, the conversation around geography and STEM might start to make a difference a, to how geography becomes seen as core learning and um, also how we might be able to develop a wider field of specialist teachers. Yeah. Yeah, as an out-of-field teacher, a teacher who's teaching something that they didn't necessarily have training in or like have studied yeah. in school. Um, yeah, yeah. So for us in Australia, um, geography is housed in like the humanities and social sciences. Um, and within the humanities and social sciences sort of department, there will be a number of subjects that are being taught. So there's teachers within that department that have a variety of training. Some will be history specialist teachers, some will be, you know, business, commerce, economics specialist teachers, um, some, you know, some will be geography as well. And, um, you know, there are times when, you know, teachers who are not specialist geography teachers will have a proportion of their teaching load um, being geography, because often in schools, there's not enough geography teachers to go around the load that needs to be taught. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Also, I can really relate to um, the education sort of, not standards, the curriculum being a bit different in different states, you know, because that's mm -hmm. similar to the US, like every state has its own thing and they're vastly different. Um, yeah, yeah. And I personally think that that's a bit of a problem. Um, I mean, it, especially because where I went, the education standards were a lot lower than, you know, other places. So that is kind of a, um, a hindrance in a way. Um, if the students just don't happen to be in a place that has, you know, the higher standards or whatever. So that could be a bit of a problem. Um, yeah. In my personal yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, it was interesting the way it panned out. You know, we, we wrote the national curriculum and it, it's a Australian curriculum geography. And it's a broad framework and it was a continuum of learning from foundation right up to year 10 and then we did the senior secondary years as well so really spirals and builds on learning and the, the key concepts travel all the way through and we've got a good progression of learning together we thought on paper you know um, and then when the ministers of education around the country agreed to it the the terms of agreement in a way were that the larger states and territories could um, adapt it a little bit to make it more suitable for local context. So everyone had to commit to the same content being taught and that so same underpinning philosophy of all seven concepts traveling through and um, you know, the emphasis on inquiry and field work and that, those sorts of things. Um, but there are, yeah, there are slight differences and sometimes the order of topics get changed, which can be problematic if students are moving across states and territories, you know. So yeah, it was an interesting, uh, interesting end to a national process, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah so to me, another silly question, sort of, uh, geography is like, has like two definitions almost, and maybe it's really just two steps or phases. So like geography in school, I always feel like is like, these are the states and countries and things like that, like where things are located in this planet. But then if you get to like, in a, within a career, I have friends who are geographers, but they do a lot of GIS work and spatial stuff. And I feel like that's an extension of that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Is anything, oh, cause I would, you know, went to school forever ago. Is anything like what like my friends who are geography 
geographers do? Is anything like that like taught to students or just like shown like, hey, this is what geography is like out as a career somewhere? Yeah, it's, um, I guess this is part of our work in the national associations, uh, both academic and, and educator-based, to be able to really show living geography in the community and in industry and in research. Um, because of course in schools, we're identified as a humanity and social science subject and the science gets a little bit lost, you know. Um, and then of course, when the students go to university, um, geography is often fragmented around the campus. You know, there's often a department of geography and planning or, you know, urban planning and architecture. And there's a department of, you know, geosciences and mm -hmm. um, earth and biological and environmental sciences. So geography becomes sort of, um, it takes a different form once students get to university and they don't always recognise it um, mm -hmm. from what, what they learnt about at school. Um, but in terms of the geospatial data, that's something that a lot of us are really trying to incorporate um, more authentically into our teaching and learning um, for geography. And we wrote the Australian Curriculum Geography on purpose to connect into science, to give teachers the opportunity to integrate with science if they wanted to, um, because we knew obviously the humanities side of things is going to be emphasised. Um, so I guess it's about trying to use those seven concepts of place, space and environment, interconnection, change, sustainability, um, scale, to really channel thinking um, and interpretation of the world around us and to apply our knowledge from the known to the unknown and then to start to use our tools. Um, you know, the geospatial technologies being one of them, um, all sorts of visual representations, maps, everything, really sort of try and bring it all together to get students to really think critically and think with that really geographical lens about what's happening in the world around them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I have always in my adult life considered geography to be an extension of science because all of mm. my wildlife work and stuff has, you know, it's rooted in like where an animal is or the habitat is or like where they're located, you know, so it's, it's always been a part of science. So thinking back now while you were talking, I was like, yeah, I didn't really make that bridge until like grad school, probably, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think with all the technologies that are available now, you know, and the, the emphasis in science on the scientific inquiry method, we've got two really nice um, bridges into the other part of geography that we don't see a lot of in schools. And um, I think for the teachers who are really looking for new ways to extend themselves as a, as a practitioner and also, I guess, enhance the relevance of geography to their students, um, those connections into the technologies and um, into science, particularly through the lens of sustainability, um, has been something that's working quite well for us in many schools, yeah. So the initiative is to get geography to be identified as part of STEM within Australia, right? And so yeah. how would that look like, is that that would look like in those seven key things you're talking about? Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, huh, where to start? So, so what we hope for, I guess, is formal recognition in policy and practice that geography is both a science and a social science. And we understand that in terms of curriculum design and the way schools are set up and initial teacher education programs and, and all the rest of it, we understand that geography is probably going to remain uh, within the humanities and social sciences. But what we're looking for is, I guess, uh, greater recognition that geography is also a science and there are many opportunities for geography to be connected into science for those links to be made and into the technologies and you know the mathematical component of geography as well with all our you know mapping and and all of those you know sorts of things like for those areas of geography 
to be recognised and accepted, I suppose, is probably the, the word to use. And that comes not only from within our community, but from those in the science, you know, technology, engineering, mathematics space as well. And so I guess what we're really trying to emphasise is that there's a point of intersection and there's a point of contribution. And our contribution to the STEM field um, is that we belong there because of the emphasis on place-based analysis and our spatial reasoning and our emphasis on the human environment interconnection. So for us, that's what we see as not missing in the STEM field, but where geography can really add something. Um, and the point of intersection will be this future focus, problem solving, sustainability lens to, you know, try and solve and have some responses to uh, real, world, real world problems through collecting our own data and information, you know, out in the field and being able to use and interpret that in interesting ways. Um, so I guess that's what we hope it will look like, that there'll be more formal opportunities available for geography to connect in with the STEM field and for geography when, when conversations occur politically, educationally, economically, environmentally, when everyone kind of bands around STEM, that there's an understanding that geography is in that picture and has a role to play. Yeah, um, we don't expect or, or see ourselves as a, a fully fledged STEM subject, if you like, um, because we know that there's two parts to what we do in geography, um, but it's about, you know, maintaining that dialogue and enhancing the visibility of, of geography in the STEM field. I think one of the things that's so cool to me about geography is how it is so super interdisciplinary, like you just said, because it is, it's technology, it's science, it's um, coding. If you write Python code to run things in GIS, it's mm -hmm. visual and it's a bit of an art, you know, there's all these color schemes and things. So I just think that that's cool. And it makes sense to me that it would be like partially STEM and partially humanities and partially this and partially that. It just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the interdisciplinary nature of geography, I think, you know, we see it as a strength. There's others that sort of see it as a, as a bit of a weakness. And I think particularly it's those who may not have such um, specific training in geography. They just kind of see it as a, as a little bit of a, a grab bag of everything. Um, but for us, I guess, who are, you know, immersed in our field, whether it be the field of geography education or other, you know, areas of geographical research, that interdisciplinarity is part of its strength, you know, and really allows you to make those real world connections and applications and to solve problems in interesting ways. And that's what it's all about, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Like, that's a strength, not a, not a, um, critique of geography you know because mm. it pulls all these different aspects together which I think is just really interesting. Mm. I was also going to say um, in part of your question before you asked about how the seven concepts may appear or not in this whole geography and STEM thing. Uh, so I just sort of wanted to also say that we would see those seven concepts um, really being part of what makes geography and um, an authentic contributor to the STEM space. And whilst place, space and environment, I guess, becomes our big area of emphasis and an area that we see as a big contribution to the STEM field. Um, the interconnections um, obviously are, are part of it. We, you know, the, the ability as we just spoke about, you know, to, to show different aspects of geography and its application um, in research, industry, education, community, all of that sort of stuff. Change over time is, is obviously a big thing. And the scale at which you're looking, you know, from the, the personal, local, regional, global, and kind of zooming in and out and making sense of all of that across a number of scales, we would definitely see that um, the seven concepts that we see as underpinning uh, geography and geography education here in Australia would still remain and probably be a big help to us in terms of um, emphasising the contribution that geography makes to the STEM field. Yeah. So what exactly are the seven? It sounds um, like so, so we've, we've got place, space and environment, um, interconnection, 
sustainability, change and scale. And they're not written to be in a hierarchical um, format, but we understand that place, space and environment, you know, forms the foundation of everything in geography. You know, you've got to start with place and you go out from there. You know, where you are really articulates what's going on or what's not going on there, who's there, who's not there, you know, why and why not. Um, so we understand that, you know, place, space and environment are really the foundation of what geography is all about. And then those other seven concepts, particularly in our um, curriculum, they weave out along the way and you're kind of coming across them in various forms all the time. Um, and it's not all seven concepts equally every lesson, you know, every day, but it's about making the most of the concepts that are most appropriate at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that it's like a list because <laughs> I like lists. Yeah, you have to write it down, but like to try and explain that it depends on the nature of what you're teaching and how you interpret the curriculum as to what concepts you choose to emphasize, you know, um, that's, that's tricky to put it in writing. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm sure. Mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think the, with the place, space and environment, the sustainability um, concept has been another um, real, really important link into um, the, the STEM field, because obviously they're, they're, you know, they all look at things with a really future-focused lens um, and, you know, we, we can do that too um, through looking at that sort of bottom line of, you know, economic, social, cultural, political, um, environmental, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sustainability is not a thing that was taught when I was in school, so it's mm. kind of cool to me that it is taught in at least in some capacity. Yeah, um, yeah. It's so important, I feel like. Yeah, it's, um, in Australia, it's a cross-curriculum priority, which means that aspects of sustainability cut across all subjects of the Australian curriculum. So English, maths, you know, science, um, the technologies, creative and performing arts. Um, but we felt in geography that there was particular things that we really wanted to be able to emphasise, which was why we also um, decided to go with sustainability as one of our concepts as well, to give it extra depth in addition to just mm -hmm. the cross-curriculum priority. Yeah, and um, I think it's it's worked for us. And um, it's something I think that's really evident in, you know, local narrative and local research about, you know, Australian geography. You're looking at aspects of climate change, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, sustainabilities of populations and communities, um, all, all those sorts of things. It's um, it's very suitable, obviously, for geography and, and is another way in which we can really help students see the interdisciplinarity of geography as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're finding that everything is connected more and more and more in the ways that we didn't know about, including, like you're talking about, like, the ways that populations can be you know, with climate change and people, populations exploding, and then there's going to be food problems and shortages and all these things are connected, but that is all also place dependent. So, yeah, yeah. All these things are connected. Yeah, that's right. And food security is a big thing here in Australia. You know, there's a lot of land that mm -hmm. um, maybe, yeah, maybe I might not even go there <laughs> actually because um, it would depend on the community that you're in as to yeah. how valuable the land is but yeah food security is um a really important issue and sustainability place environment interconnection yeah a huge part of that mm, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah um so maybe this is shifting gears or maybe it's like a natural progression but i'm curious about the stem ambassador program yeah okay um so so each year, um, there's an event held by Science and Technology Australia called Science Meets Parliament, which is the bringing together of the science community, um, academic, um, non, you know, academic, non-academic, those in policy, um, you know, those those doing research, those teaching, like you know, the, the whole field and all, all stakeholders of the sciences. And um, the Institute of Australian Geographers, which is the National Academic Professional Association for Geography in Australia, is a member of 
Science and Technology Australia because geography is, you know, is also a science. And um, each year, the Institute of Australian Geographers send somebody to Science Meets Parliament through an application process. And um, you have to be able to come up with an idea about what you hope to achieve as a result of attending this forum. It's a three-day event. And for me, I think the strategic plan for geography with the recommendation that, you know, we need to start taking action towards um, geography becoming recognised as a partial STEM subject was quite an obvious way to get this moving and to get this happening, you know. Anyway, it was just fortunate. Um, the Institute of Australian Geographers sent me along. And um, there's a small proportion of the population who were there who identify as geographers and part of the geographical sciences. Um, obviously, there's a lot in, you know, biology and earth sciences, you know, astrophysicists and, you know, all sorts of amazing science, chemical engineers, just amazing science that I've never sort of had personal contact with, you know, before or since really. Um, but it was a real bringing together of the whole um, science and technology community. And you learn to pitch your science and you learn to pitch what your science is in order to get a bit of traction. And sometimes that traction could be in the form of funding. Um, sometimes it's in the form of like community interest and tell me more. Um, but you're doing it not only with each other and people who are not from your field, but you're also connecting with various members of parliament and um, big influences in policy development as well. So this three day event, you go through um, pitching scenarios, um, you come, you have to sort of attend Science Meets Parliament with an end goal in mind, but you have to have examples of, you know, what your impact could and would be, um, why this is important and how you connect it into government policy. And you have to have an example of an end user to show that your science really happens. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was actually the first time I'd ever really thought about my geography as a science you know i couldn't start with i'm a geography teacher you know i had to start with well my science is geography education and really frame it that you know in a in a different way to usual and be able to communicate that you know we are a an authentic part of science and this is what we have to offer um, through the place-based analysis, spatial reasoning and human environment interconnections. And this is, this is what we offer to the STEM field. Our point of intersection is through um, the pedagogy and the way of being in that subject and the, the field work and the scientific inquiry and the problem solving. And so, you know, do you believe it? And if so, you know, can you help us further our cause of, of you know, support for geography becoming recognised as a STEM subject. So that was what it was all about. And you have time to practice your pitch, deliver your pitch to a member of parliament, and you have one-on-one -on -one time with a member of parliament as well and small group, small group time. And it was just a really fascinating few days where you unpack government policy more across the STEM field. You start to realise, you hear from the chief scientist of Australia, you know, all, all these amazing people, yeah, um, to find out more about what science and technology looks like in Australia, politically, economically, environmentally, um, and where you fit into that, and then what your next steps might be able to be, yeah. So it was, it was really interesting. And um, I guess from attending Science Meets Parliament, there was then the opportunity to apply for the STEM ambassador role. Um, so yeah, I attended Science Meets Parliament. I was actually really encouraged by those that I spoke to who were not necessarily identifying as geographers and from the field of geographical sciences. And neither were they, um, most of them, neither were they educators either. Um, but I was really encouraged by their responses to my pitching about 
why we would like geography to become more formally recognised as a, as a contributor to the STEM field. And so I came away thinking, you know, there is, um, there is scope for change and there is support in the wider community when I wasn't expecting that, so to speak. I was really expecting some difficult questions to come my way and a lot of pushback. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of responses from the various scientists I spoke to and members of parliament as well were also, of course, you know, like, how is it that you're here asking for this and it hasn't already happened? You know, how can it be that the science of geography is not actually formally part of discussion about the STEM space, you know. So I came away really encouraged about it. And so when the opportunity to apply for the STEM ambassador role came up, I was like, well, you know, let, let's give it a go. I knew that we had to connect to policy. Um, I knew that I had to give an end user example. And I already had through my connections, some teachers who were willing to share examples about work that they were doing in their schools to do a geography and STEM unit. Um, and I could see the impact of what it would be. So I put the application together and there's a number of hurdles with that. So not only is it written application and a bit of a project plan, you also have to video yourself and do your pitch all over again, you know? So um, anyway, I was appointed as one of the STEM ambassadors um, for 2020. So we call it the STEM ambassador for geography education. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I look through the field of the STEM ambassadors for this year and geography, see, geography education, you know, it seems such an anomaly. So it's a real privilege to be part of this group. Um, but when I start to read the STEM education policy, of course, I can see that we're in there, you know, and that we fit. Mm -hmm. And it's now just about enhancing that visibility. So as the STEM ambassador, um, we meet as a group at the moment via Zoom, um, almost once a month, sometimes every two, just depends. And we have training, um, project planning, pitching, influencing policy, how you might start to work in your local electorate, all that, all that sort of stuff. And we're also assigned to a local member of parliament. And so it's our role to work with and alongside the member of parliament in their electorate to try and enhance the profile and, and opportunities associated with the STEM field and or STEM education. So there's some STEM ambassadors who are very um, interested in the whole women in STEM um, initiative. So that becomes their focus with the member of parliament that they're working with. Um, for me, obviously, I, coming from an education background, um, the member of parliament that I'm working with, we're sort of looking at some ways in which we can um, encourage dialogue about STEM education in our electorate and um, start to connect, you know, um, with industry and with community broadly and, um, you know, enhancing sort of dialogues within and across schools as well. So we're coming at it, um, working on some ideas um, about that. So I guess that's, um, yeah, that's a little bit about the role. And then the next part of what I see as happening, so apart from working alongside the local member of parliament that I'm connected to um, and raising the profile of STEM education broadly, you know, not necessarily all about geography. Um, the other part of what I see being able to do in the STEM ambassador role is to really um, start to move on the recommendation from the decadal plan about geography being recognised as a STEM subject. So I guess that's where the symposium comes in. And that's where also I guess just through my own social media platforms, just start to, you know, have the, the tweets and the posts that go out about this is where geography fits into STEM. Just, you know, not push too hard, but just get the messages out there that every time, not every time, but many times when we're having a STEM related conversation, there's an aspect of geography that can contribute to that. You know what I mean? So, um, 
I think I may have done it actually on one of your posts, actually about meteorology. I think that I did uh, one time um, where, you know, because for me that was the perfect opportunity to be able to say, you know, th th there's amazing geography in here too. And mm -hmm. it's not, it's not that it wasn't there. It was just being able to emphasise to people, you know, when we're thinking about climate and weather and change and mm -hmm. effects on environments and communities, there's a geographical lens that's part of that conversation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah. I guess, the role that I start to take in doing that. And, um, yeah, so the STEM Symposium will be a national um, event, um, whereas a lot of the STEM ambassador role um, that I will be doing, and it's, it's not just a 12-month gig. You know, I'm the STEM ambassador for as long as I'm living in the electorate and as long as the Member of Parliament um, wishes to work with me. So <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. But, you know, but uh, it's, it's meant to be a long-term initiative. Yep. Um, but you have a year of intensive training to sort of give you the skills to be able to do that. So, yeah, it's interesting. And um, yeah. the symposium is the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I have a question about how it's all connected. So. Um, who puts on Science Meets Parliament? I think you said, and I forgot already. Um, an organization called Science and Technology Australia. Okay. And then are they the same people who run the STEM ambassador program or is this like? Yeah, yeah, they are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so who, who's put on the STEM symposium? <laughs> <laughs> ah, so yes, so Science and Technology runs Science Meets Parliament. And Science and Technology Australia also run the STEM Ambassador Program as part of their initiative to raise the profile of the sciences broadly um, in the Australian community. Um, and from the STEM Ambassador Program, whilst part of what I have to do is uh, work with my assigned Member of Parliament and focus on our local electorate, I can also use my STEM ambassador role to continue to influence beyond the electorate, if you like, yep. And so I'm using the STEM ambassador role to influence beyond the electorate um, through the professional associations for geography, yeah. So because I, I am involved with the Institute of Australian Geographers and the Geographical Society of New South Wales and the Australian Geography Teachers Association. Um, and because we're trying to get greater connection between those three um, organisations, I guess I'm using that to say to them, we could do a symposium, I'm happy to run it, what do you think? And fortunately, those three organisations said, yeah, brilliant idea. Um, Here's, here's a bit of money to help you put it together if you know you need to pay presenters and things like that, you know, for their time. And, um, you know, go forth and go forth and develop your symposium. So, yeah, so um, the symposium really is, is um, funded and supported by the Professional Associations for Geography in Australia, and they're supporting me as a STEM ambassador to be able to do it. Yeah. That's Super cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's coming up. It's in October. Can you tell me more about it? Because it's yeah, fun. yes. So it is. Thank you. Um, it is pretty exciting. I think the probably the enormity of what um what is about to happen hasn't quite hit me uh -huh. yet. Um, so, so this is the first. Um, so a few papers have already been written about geography and STEM to promote that dialogue, you know, and the, the social media platforms that we work across every now and then, you know, we, we try and promote awareness like that. But this symposium will be the first time we are actually bringing together the geography community of influence to discuss the recommendation that geography should be recognised as a partial STEM subject. So we are, I say we, because I'm working with, um, I'm working with a member from the National Committee for Geographical Sciences. Um, I've worked with him 
for many years in different ways. And for me, um, you know, it's a privilege to work with this gentleman. I'm very, uh, I'm delighted to be able to do that. And um, together we run, we will run the symposium. And so we are inviting, you know, the Council of the Institute of Australian Geographers, the Council for the National Committee for Geographical Sciences, Council of the Australian Geography Teachers Association, the Council of the Geographical Society of New South Wales, and so on. So the big geographical societies, um, including the Royal Geographical Societies that are in Australia, they will all have a presence at the symposium. And we are also inviting from the universities um, the heads of schools of geography or heads of department or heads of discipline, however it's organised at that university. And um, so that we know that there's a real sphere of influence in the room with us. And that also a lot of these people were involved in writing the strategic plan for geography. Um, and so we're hopeful that most of the audience will be on board with this recommendation, you know, uh, just because it's there doesn't mean you have to agree to it, you know, um, but I guess it's bringing the community together and obviously uh, geography teachers are a big part of this as well because they're the ones who will actually be enacting it probably more than most people, you know, in mm -hmm. the school is where that really gets put into action. Um, so obviously there's going to be quite a large geography teaching community there as well. So the symposium will be run an academic geography audience and a teacher geography audience. And because we have to do this via Zoom, um, we're keeping the groups separate. So we're running the same symposium on repeat, if you like. So we've got, um, we will have a panel session uh, where I've invited uh, those who I know are working in the geography and STEM space already and identify themselves as doing so. Um, there'll, there'll be a panel session, first of all, so there'll be about six presenters, do about seven to ten minutes each with question time from the main room of Zoom, um, hopefully through the chat, but we'll see um, yeah. how, that, how that pans out. Um, I'm hoping that the minister that I'm working with or the member of parliament that I'm working with will also be able to give an opening address and really clarify government priorities around the STEM field and STEM education. And then after the panel session, it would be breaking the audience out into two breakout rooms and we've got three overarching questions that they'll have been given before they come to the symposium um, that will help um, the gentleman that I'm working with to be able to put a position paper together um, to put forward to the ministers of education to really show these are our geographies, these are how they fit into the STEM field, this is the impact that it will have on government priorities and, and education. And this is what we can do about it. So um, I guess they're sort of the areas that we're going to ask symposium members to think about. What's your geography? You know, because we need to be able to tell other people what everyone's geography is. And if if you can't say it and that's your geography, there's a problem. <laughs> so we need some careful pitching to come and you need a bit of time to think about that too. So what is your geography? How do you see it fitting into the STEM field? And what do you see as the impact of your geography? And what can you do about it in your sphere of influence? So yeah, so that's um, how the National Symposium will uh, hopefully uh, roll out. And uh, we're doing it four times and uh, two with the academic audience, two with the geography teacher audience. Uh, then we envisage next year when hopefully we can come together face-to-face mm -hmm. -to, -face, um, to bring the audiences together and to also open it out to the, the field beyond geography so that those who are in the STEM field also have an opportunity to contribute. But for the first instance, we really need to know where we're at as a discipline. You know, we really need the voice of the discipline to be very clear. And we need to know 
what the academic geographer's view are, what the geography educators' views are, you know, the synergies between those two groups and areas that might be a little bit different because of context. So I guess that's what we need our paper to be, first of all. And then when we know where we're at within our community, then it's going to be easier to, um, you know, respond to um, and, and mitigate and adapt to the needs of the broader STEM community. So yeah, it's, it's the first part of what's going to be a few symposiums probably, <laughs> but you've got to start somewhere, right? You know? Yeah. So, it sounds yeah. awesome. Like I want to get open in that jar for <laughs> it sounds great. I'm organizing. I can invite you. That's right. <laughs> It'd probably be like at, you know, 1 a.m. for me or something. Yeah. Well, actually, we do. I don't know. Um, in America, there's Texas State University, obviously, uh -huh. um, in Texas, and Professor Michael Solom, uh, who runs the sort of whole sphere of geography education and geography research is the, uh -huh. one of the directors there. He's yeah. actually one of our presenters. Yeah. Um, because he's sort of started dialogue there around what geography and STEM education can look like. So there's, there's no reason why I um, can't invite you to attend the symposium. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. I, yeah. I also really like that question, what's your geography? Because it's simple, but not. It's, I yeah. like it. Yeah. yeah. And that was something I learned at this Science Meets Parliament event, you know, although it was framed, what's your science? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you really, you think you know, but then when you actually have to say it to someone, you know, really quickly, <laughs> it's not that easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What would your answer to that question be? What is my science or what is my job? So what's my science, geography? yeah, what's my geography? My geography is geography education. Yeah. Oh, um, how to teach it and how to make <laughs> connections from the classroom into the real world. That's my, mm -hmm. that's my geography. Yeah. I should have done that, but that's awesome. <laughs> because how we talked about it for, you know, 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so yeah, cool. it's, it's an interesting exercise to be able to, uh -huh pitch your wares, you know? Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. It reminds me of a question someone asked me like 15 years ago. It was a mess as an icebreaker and it was like, what's your river? Because I was working at a scenic riverway in the US. It was like, what's your river? And I was just like, nobody has ever asked me that before. <laughs> and it, like, I ended up being last, which was kind of nice, but I was just like, and it got like, it got the wheels turning in my head. So I could see how that would do that for like, what's your geography? Like, Mm. Yeah, it's, just, it's a it's a really cool question. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> totally so different. I hope the audience, I hope the symposium attendees think that it's a cool question too, because um, there's a bit of an art to being able to answer it. I think you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All of this sounds so great, and I am so excited about your symposium for you, and excited oh. about all the amazing things that you're doing. It all sounds so fantastic um, <laughs> and important. I hope so. You know, and I think that um, the more I talk to geography teachers as well, um, and also I have to say, you know, the Science Teachers Association, there's a lot in there that are, you know, supportive of, of this happening as well. Um, and I, I just, I get the feeling it's, it's time, you know, it's time to change the narrative about what geography in schools looks like. Mm -hmm. And when we can change the narrative of geography in schools, then we can start to change the profile of geography in the community and the perception that um, many people have of it. And then we can really start to amplify where the geography is in the research and the industry, um, you know, and, and obviously in, in academic research as well. And um, the, the geography shaping Australia's future, you know, goes through all those chapters of key areas of geographical research, you know, environmental and land management, food and food security, you know, um, place and livability, all, the, all those sorts of things that um, at the moment we have to work really hard to show community and a range of stakeholders where the geography is in this and why it's important. And I, I really do believe that 
to have a bit more dialogue around what geography and STEM looks like is really going to have a big, big change and a big influence in the way that the subject is approached in schools and then the, you know, perception and awareness of it in the community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's so great. <laughs> and um, there was one thing I did want to talk about was, um, something that's happening um, in a number of schools. So we have programming decisions where even though geography is housed in the humanities and social sciences, schools can make, you know, cross faculty connections and you can do big project-based learning and problem-based learning initiatives where you're, you know, having a more holistic view of your subject and, and doing things outside of your silo. And um, one of, one of the presenters um, at the symposium, and I took her work to Science Meets Parliament to show um, the, the community there about what geography and STEM could look like in schools, um, was her conceptualization of what we call a unit of changing places, which is all about interconnections, um, trade, urban living, planning decisions, all those sorts of things. Um, it's very human geography focused, um, unit actually um, and she reconceptualized it into a program called the urban mess and they have a stem faculty at the school so she went with them um, and sort of said to them you know i'd really like geography to have a bit of a stem lens you know we've done geography with the humanities a lot now i would like to you know shift mm -hmm. shift thinking and so what they did was they used a creation of laser cut overlay maps for oh. students to be able to map their problem about um, how Sydney can remain connected um, yet livable with an increasing uh, level of population and development mm -hmm. over the coming years. And so they had sort of six criteria that they needed to address, you know, for example, green space, public transport, you know, those sorts of things. So each laser cut overlay map not only showed the area of Sydney that they were focusing on, but it also showed that particular thing, for example, public transport. So you could see the overlay map in isolation and it would make sense. But when you put all six together, you could see through and you could see this amazing connected picture about what a future Sydney might look like. But yeah, she totally conceptualised this as a way of really showing her group of students how geography becomes meaningful and relevant to your own lives. And she made a very um, human geography unit and they're in um, probably, so they're in an area of Sydney that would often be called our second central business district or our second downtown area maybe. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, so it's got a lot of business headquarters there. It's had a lot of uh, money put in for redevelopment uh, lately. And it's a really thriving um, sort of area of Sydney. Um, and of course, you know, they're looking at um, data and interviewing people and thinking about their own experience and taking photographs. So they go out in the field and do some work and collect, you know, data and information. But they're also looking at you know, the strategic plans for Sydney and data, the reliable data that's available and sort of, uh, yeah, being able to solve that problem about what a future Sydney might look like. And they did it through the use of overlay maps and she did it all in class, um, 10 weeks and obviously assessed at the end about how appropriate and, and usable and relevant this and livable this city of Sydney would be. Um, through the way that they did the overlay maps. Yeah, so, yeah, and it was driven by geography. You know what I mean? Like, it was yeah. geography first with STEM becoming mm -hmm. the enabler of that. And I think that's what we'd like to be able to see happen within geography classrooms, that mm -hmm. this is a living example of what can be done. You don't need to do it with overlay maps. You could do it with spatial, you know, geospatial mm -hmm. maps. You can do it that way. You don't need a physical product, so to speak. Um, yeah, and so it's, uh, 
it's a geography and STEM initiative that in this instance is driven by geography and, um, you know, can really show people what can happen. So, yeah. That's really cool because I feel like, I was sort of alluded to this, I feel like geography is sort of like it's STEM first and then geography is like secondary or kind of maybe even assumed, you know, like yeah. maybe not explicitly stated. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's super cool. And those maps sound awesome. Yeah. And what what was her name again? Ah, her name is Kimberly Parnas. That's cool. Yeah. That's a good idea. And, uh, she's, she's done a webinar for us um, for the Geography Teachers Association of New South Wales. And it was very popular. There were a lot of teachers that logged into this webinar um, and could see for them, it wasn't about whether they had access to overlay maps or not. You know, it was about the idea about how you can reimagine an existing unit of work to have a STEM focus and what else you could do, you know. And of course, there's going to be some schools who will take Kimberly's project and, you know, replicate it, you know, and there's some who used it as the point of inspiration. So, yeah, Kimberly. Um, She's done amazing work and she's an early career teacher. Yeah, so she's, um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, she's been teaching maybe five years. Um, and uh, I, she came through my methodology class at university, um, mm. yeah, a few years ago. So that was sort of our connection and then just keep in touch with them, you know, along oh, yeah. the way. And um, yeah, so I took her, took her work to Science Meets Parliament. She did a webinar for us in New South Wales and now she's presenting this at the symposium. So fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. She's done yeah. a good job. That's such a clever project and like way to teach geography because she made it tangible, um, which yeah. is often a thing that can be difficult. Uh, yeah. That's so fantastic. Yeah. And this was with grade nine. So, you know, 15 year old mm -hmm. students who really need purpose to their mm -hmm. learning, you know, and really need something um, tangible and mm -hmm. relevant and, you know, where they can see that, you know, I could see this as part of my future study in school mm -hmm. and then beyond into university. So yeah, it was, it was very clever and very timely. And, um, yeah. you know, you, you don't need to do one of those units. You don't need to make your whole geography program from go to way geography and STEM, but you just need to choose your moments and really mm -hmm. make the most of them. And I, I think she did that with this particular unit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a great example too. Um, yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> We've gone through my entire list of questions. Is there anything else you want to add? No, um, no, I've gone through mine as well. So um, <laughs> I guess all I would like to add really is that at the end of the day for us, in terms of the recommendation around geography becoming uh, recognised as a partial STEM subject, it's about visibility and contribution and impact. They're sort of our mm -hmm. three things. Um, and when we can, you know, enhance the visibility, show its contribution and articulate what impact will be, then we can actually start to use our spheres of influence to be able to do that. And part of that is about connecting into policy as well as demonstrating it in our practice. So, yeah, it'll be interesting times ahead for Australia. So maybe in a year's time, you know, we can do a follow up and it might be, yeah. I might be able to say to you, yes, we're making some progress, you know, um, this is yeah. what's happening. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens. And thanks for the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you for doing this. Hey y'all, it's Rachel here. I wanted to ask you a favor. I would love it if you go over to Facebook, if you have Facebook, um, to Storytellers of STEM, the website is facebook.com slash Storytellers of STEM or it's at Storytellers of STEM and go like my page and go tell your friends if you enjoy the podcast um, because if I get the page or we together actually get the page to a thousand likes, I will do an AMA and y'all can ask me anything and that would be fun and enjoyable and entertaining. So help me out and then we'll do an AMA and it'll be fun. Also, follow me on Twitter at Flying Cypress so I can share all of the cool storytellers of STEM stuff with you. Thanks. Hey, y'all. It's Rachel. Thank you so much for listening. So here is where you can find us. You can find me on Twitter at Flying Cypress. 
Um, there's no Twitter page for the podcast because I didn't want to manage a bunch of Twitters. So, since the podcast is an extension of me, find the podcast on Twitter at Flying Cypress, which is me, Rachel Valani. Also, if you're on Facebook, you can find the podcast at Storytellers of STEM on Facebook, STEM with two M's. Um, everything we talk about I will be shared in the Facebook page and also on Twitter, like I said. So, go like the Facebook page, follow me on Twitter. Um, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy.